Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast with your host Mark Kennedy. Joined again this week by Danny O'Brien and Simon Stokes as we run the rule over the NFL playoffs. Guys, how are things? Good, Mark. Great. Uh, first round playoffs in the books. Wildcard weekend didn't disappoint here, guys. So we'll probably go straight into it in the wildcard weekend. I suppose, Danny, uh, highs and lows from your perspective. I know a Steelers fan, he exited in Buffalo, but what were the main talking points from your perspective? Um, I suppose, like, if I had to, the main highs I'd look at, the first half of the Texans-Browns game, that looked like it was just going to turn into just a shootout. It was a brilliant first half there. Uh, The first half of the uh, Cowboys-Packers was one of the more surreal games I think I've ever watched, and you realise just how weird the event was you were watching when the pick six happened, because you could even hear the audible horrors, horrible screams in the stadium as the Cowboys realised Oh my God, this is actually really happening. Like those were two definitely. Oh, I mean, God, oh, I did. I enjoy that game. Um, and yeah, I suppose like yeah, I mean the the way the Rams Lions game, the way that that went, the intrigue that wasn't around it. I mean, it lived up to the billing. And if your if your team is still not in the playoffs, well, actually, that's all of us here now. I'm gonna guess that if you're looking like from the neutral standpoint, I'm guessing most of you must be looking at the Lions and going, yeah, I mean, if you want a team to win it, given the horror they've been through for ever. They'd be a lot of neutrals will be looking at the lines now and hoping they can go the whole way. Absolutely, and they're Detroit as well, the comeback city, mm-hmm. aren't they? Many decades of uh, rack and ruin there. So, but uh, Simon, I suppose thing the question yeah, for you. I suppose the highs for me was probably the emergence of the whole youth movement across the NFL. Like you had Stroud in in Houston doing wreck. You have that ridiculously young wide receiver core in uh, in Green Bay. Had an absolute, they, they all contributors. You had wide receiver Tampa Bay the other night, played a massive game as well. Um, look, I think we everyone would have picked the Cowboys to win last weekend, and absolutely shocking result. But it was dead, it was absolutely <laughs> really like at the same time. Um, I suppose, look, personally, one of the laws for me was I, I thought the Dolphins didn't show up at all and didn't handle it. You'd have to wonder, are they all are they a bit of a fraud? Um, but overall, it was a very enjoyable weekend. The games, looking forward to the coming weekend as well. Absolutely. Now we'll get back to you. Uh, I mean, maybe we start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, the big storyline over the weekend was the big blizzard that hit Buffalo. Like, if you've ever been to Buffalo this time of year, you know that the snow is a given anyway. But like the quantity of it. So the game deferred from Saturday to Monday, 31-17 to the Bills. But I suppose. Uh, Danny, from your perspective as a Steelers fan, I suppose, you know, it was a respectable performance given the injuries. Yep. Oh, no, like, like uh, granted, the first half, I was fearing the, I was fearing this could go like the Cowboys, it was going to go like the Cowboys Packers because, the, I mean, the Bills were just moving down the ball down the field at will. And the fact that Pittsburgh got within a score of them in the fourth quarter, I was sitting there going, no, they, they can't. Surely there is no way they can pull this one out of just out of the hat. But no, I'm not even, I wasn't surprised at the Bills winning. <clears throat> and even like, when you consider the, like of all the teams in the playoffs, when it came to the issues at quarterback or just uncertainty around it, yeah, kind of outside of the Browns, like the Steelers are still big questions going into the offseason from that perspective. And like I said last week when you asked, do you think they'll win it? Nope, no what? And I think this weekend, because he wasn't playing and because the other two potential candidates for defensive player of the year didn't really play well. I'm looking at this going, like, I mean, if you're looking at the tail of the tape and what Watt has done and his record and everything, I'm like, I don't care. If he doesn't win player of the year, he's defensive player of the year because the other two, like Miles Garrett, if I'm looking at an MVP from the weekend from a defensive, like Laramie Tunsil, I give him, like, 
He went up against Garrett and he absolutely shut down a player who's supposed to be the elite in the area and Tunsil. And he has a number. He's every time they've got, I think, is it Garrett's managed one pressure against a quarterback that Tunsil's been guarding. So funnily enough, one of Bill O'Brien's moves that he made, I mean, it damned the Texans at the time, but it's kind of come back to be a benefit for them. And yeah, kind of like with Steelers, I wasn't surprised. And again, going to Buffalo and they were like, I mean, making the playoffs. And again, now that it's been highlighted, the fact that's five playoffs in a row they've lost now. And it's, is there an issue there? Yes, there is. But until quarterback kind of gets solved, it's it's going to remain an issue. And like I said, it's still a defense that lives and dies by what playing. Yeah, but I suppose what Simon had mentioned at the start of the podcast regarding Miami Dolphins, at least Pittsburgh Steelers gave it a goal. You know, they really oh, did yeah. quite challenge, which is Miami great. Miami just didn't want to be there. <laughs> they were yeah, like, screw sure, this, yeah. too cold, right, we're gone. Yeah, yeah Simon, do you want to come in there? Yeah, I, think, I do you know, I mentioned it last week, the Bills haven't lost since the boy. They've only lost one game in that big score or scoring game against Philly and lost in overtime since they changed the offensive coordinator. Um, they're, they're going very well. Jeez, they were, they were, was it, had they three touchdowns up before? No unfairness, Pittsburgh made a bit of a comeback. Yeah, it was but like, they, they, And like they, they were missing Gabe Davis as well last week, who's been a major, you know, he's probably their second receiver. They made the use of their tight ends. Um I just the one thing I worry small about the Bills is the Bills are strong enough in coverage, and the corner went down last week, and I think they lost one of the defensive linesmen as well. And I I just wondering about depth going forward, like the, the really tough game this week or this weekend against Kansas, and I just worry about depth. But they're they're probably the farm team in the NFL. Um, you know, going into going into next weekend, I, I to be honest, I I don't know to fear anyone. Um, they're going to be playing at home next week, Baltimore. We're probably talking about Baltimore and the Texans in the wild, but like, you know, Baltimore after a couple of weekends off without any meaningful ball, so you just don't know how that they'll react to that. Um, but yeah, I thought the Bills were good. Uh, Danny, I'd, I'd wonder, like, what what are Pittsburgh going to do in the quarterback position now? Um, you know, they haven't really answered any questions. Rudolph is out of contract next year, as far as I know. Um, at the same time, he's probably only game manager. He's a, like he's a, he's a top quality backup for someone. You know, and what he's done the last yeah. couple of weeks, but like you're not going to pay him. Um, do you think they'll they'll drive into next year with, with Pickett? Um, I get the feeling out of just stubbornness they might when maybe going for a bit like they the, like the mentioned there's been one or two quarterbacks that have been linked with them too, but even at that, how much of a premium would they have to pay for those? I I get the worry kind of it could be. It's like say the Jets comparison I can think of there is like we've drafted this guy, this guy is going to work when that and they want him to work and you'd like Pickett to work, but like the outside world you're looking at it going, I don't think so. Like I think it could I wouldn't be surprised if it is Rudolph and Pickett just kind of competing for that number one slot. But I think like even the Steelers and every other team in the NFL will have to look at it and go, we need to make sure we have a top caliber quarterback three and four, because the injury rates this year have just shown you need that strength. That is like, like quarterback one's going to be the highest paid. You can nearly say the second highest paid player could be the backup because that's how important it is. But it's, yeah, it's up in the air, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is Pickett and Rudolph who are the two going into training camp that they're going to be competing for. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose, guys, I know we've kind of touched about Dallas Cowboys, but I thought the most underwhelming performance was Philadelphia Eagles down mm-hmm. in Tampa Bay. Now, we had issued the warning signs last week in the preview. I were wondering what sort of Eagles performance would come onto the field in Tampa Bay, but 
they didn't. To be honest, there was no one. <laughs> we talked about the Miami Dolphins better not turning up. I think it's a, a massive fall from grace here, Simon, in terms of a, a Super Bowl yeah, contender. Um, I think both on the men and cast during the game on, on uh, Monday night and also I think the, the live TV coverage, they both picked up on the 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 Philly D didn't seem to want to be there at all. They didn't seem too pushed about it. Um, they looked a team like a team that were totally unmotivated. Um, there was all talk last week about AJ Brown, Brown having a, a, a players-only meeting. And when you have a player calling a players-only meeting like that the week before a playoff game and he injured himself, um, it, it often doesn't point in the right direction. Um, I think everything is looking like it's it's likely that, that they're going to be a whole change of the guard there in, in Philly. Um, like we spoke last week about how the defensive backroom was upheaved in the in the off season last year. It obviously hasn't worked. Um, somehow, when Patricia took over in the, those last four or five games, in every single one of the, I suppose, quantifiable things that a defense can do, they they just disimproved. Um, so I, I'd say Saran is going. To, I'd say he's probably going to get the sack. Um, who goes in there? I don't know. I just come into my head today. Would Brable be a suitable? Belichick. Like, well, I'd say Belichick has gone to Atlanta from the sounds of things. Um, I don't know, would Vrabel go in there? Like he, He's a defensive coach and they like they have enough pieces in offense that they probably could make it work. Probably overpaid Hurts last offseason, to be honest with you. But you're, you're going to get that in the bounce after a Super Bowl. Um, just on Tampa, I, like, I think one of the major stories of this year is Baker Mayfield. Uh, like, the man is getting paid four and a half million a year, which looks good money, but it's it's not even backup money. There's about twelve or thirteen fairly average backups that are getting paid more than him. Um, like going forward, a couple of years ago they drafted this Kyle Trask out of Florida as a kind of backup to any time that he's seen the field hasn't been well. I think it's likely the way things are lining up. Like Mayfield only signed one year contract, they're probably going to keep him around there because he's he's doing the job. Some of his his throwing was desperately accurate the last day and they absolutely tore him apart on, on, you know, on the long throws. Um, so, yeah, I'd say, I'd say one of the stories for me, like, I know there, I know Damer Hamlin is, is, is going to walk to come back player of the year, even though I think he only, I think he only was brought into the field for two plays this year, but I, he, he'll, take, he'll get us. But, like, Baker Mayfield's, Justifiably, is coming back from from nowhere, and he's after t- t- turning a French or turning that franchise into a team that we're probably looking at a, a fairly low draft pick next year into a team that are after getting to the divisional round. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been a marvelous turnaround for Tampa Bay, really. From both week nine and week ten, it looked a bit iffy for him, didn't it? In our NFC South, but uh, one of the classic ones was Detroit Lions and LA Rams, wasn't it, guys? You know, mm-hmm. there were so many storylines in terms of the quarterbacks. And, I mean, it didn't really disappoint here, um, Simon, just in terms of the ending of this game. No, it was fantastic. And, you know, it was a late game on, on uh, Sunday night, so I didn't see it live, but I was watching it the day after. And, um, like, it was just until the first half, seems every single drive seemed to be a score, either a touchdown or a field goal, and bang, bang, bang. And you're saying, geez, what's this going to end up? And everything tightened up then in the second, mm-hmm. in the second half. Um I thought it was a peculiar enough call out of McVeigh, and I like I lot of admiration for McVeigh what he did this year because like that team, you know, like he's only a couple of years out from a from a drive for a for a Super Bowl, um, but like 
I know now they had a 4th and 14, but with about four minutes left, they kicked it back. And they never, they didn't touch the ball for the rest of the game. And look, they were around midfield. They needed a stop. If they had, if they did, you know, if they, did, if they, if they didn't get the, the fourth down, they just needed a stop and they got the ball back again. Um, I just, I thought it was peculiar that they, um, that they kicked it back, and it's maybe a bit un- uncharacteristic for McVeigh. Of the games of the weekend, this was the one I had the most difficulty. Even like when we were trying to pick, I was like, I wouldn't have been surprised if Stafford did decide to, yeah, if he did go back and was kind of did did a job on them. Yeah, but like McVeigh, McVeigh is, for all of his strengths, like he does have, like even the, his, his time management, he always seems to like he has to get he has to take timeouts when he really shouldn't have to. Like there are times where he's he's nearly almost like Guardiola, he's nearly too eccentric for his own good. So like yeah, I mean I mean the Rams will come out of this season going like we didn't expect to get this far, and like in like in particular with Puka Nakua, they have an absolute gem there. They picked in the late rounds. I mean, my God, what a like you're looking at him being he's one of the rookies of the year, full stop. And again, this is a franchise who threw away all their picks and are still finding gems. And it it really does show from their perspective, like rather than having to do a complete rebuild. They're basically they re, they've rebuilt on the go. They seem well. They've kind of done what the Steelers do in terms of their staying relevant and not having to totally blow things up and start from scratch with it. So like the Rams will be they'll be some they will be disappointed because the chance was there. But also like from the Lions' perspective, I mean just even look at the people who were in the stadium and the atmosphere around it. I would not want to be going into that stadium at any stage and especially because like that crowd. Like we said, it's Detroit. They know how to generate that atmosphere and they're getting serious interest, especially with how crap the Pistons are. Oh, fact. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, uh, Simon, it's going to be a daunting. Um, I know we're going to talk about it in a few minutes, about Tampa Bay traveling to Detroit. But I mean, the atmosphere in Detroit yeah, last weekend was just magnificent. It will be unreal. I, I, you know, I was delighted to see them. I think sometimes in sport, people give too much homage or you know, when a fella scores a goal against a farmer team and doesn't celebrate, I think that's a lot of rubbish, to be honest with you. I love the fact that a lot of the, the Detroit boys give um, give Stafford a bit of an earful the other night. You know, like, fair enough, he was a good player when he was there, but uh, he was an away player and he was in the way as far as they were concerned the other night, so I was delighted to hear a bit of a booing. Um, then just on it, we didn't mention him, but I was delighted for Goff. I think Goff gets a lot of kind of rubbish. Um, Goff, I, I think Goff is one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league, you know. Now he'd probably go away and throw three interceptions next week. He very rarely makes a bad decision, you know. To know, like he's he might be a top five quarterback, but I think he's just about a top ten quarterback now. Um I I yeah, I think he's uh, he very rarely makes a bad decision. Um and like I you know, there was an awful lot of fallout. You know, he was kind of like the tie that was thrown away when, when Stafford went to to uh, the Rams. And uh, like I was delighted he's there. Like as you're saying, they're, they're probably going to be, um, they're probably going to be, or likely to be, um, to be getting through next week. And stuff. I know we'll talk about it. Well, the one thing I'm a bit sorry about, it's a pity that uh, that Green Bay were second in that. It would be unreal to see a conference final up in cold Green Bay, Lambeau Field between two division rivals. To be absolutely unreal. Oh. I know that there's a lot of boxes to be ticked before you get as far as there, but it's. Uh, it's a pity that it's uh, it'd be Detroit and talk or something like that came came about. Oh no, absolutely no. Well, you know, playoffs you just never know. But um, I suppose we concluded here, guys. I know you touched on Miami Dolphins not turning up, but I suppose Danny, from a Kansas City Chiefs perspective, how did you rate that performance? 
I think that for <clears throat> the rest of the league, it, it could be a case of were these guys doing a rope-a-dope and making us think that they were not going to be good and all of a sudden on, on, on offense, they, things started to click. I mean, you have to take the, the weather into consideration there as well. And as, I don't think I've ever seen a helmet crack like that. Was that the cold that caused it? I don't know. But yeah, the, like the, just everything in around that game and the Bills game as well. I was actually stunned at how good the weather was for the Bills game. But like, yeah, that Chiefs game, you do have to kind of factor in how much were the Dolphins affected by it being that cold. But this, let's face it, this Chiefs defense is the strongest it's ever been in the in the Reed era. And like, if if Mahomes is starting to click, and let's face it, walk outside of Brady, what other quarterback do you want to be kind of controlling the team from that point of view too? So, like the Chiefs, they were methodical. Like the like the Dolphins will be disappointed with just how that game went, but where the real interest will be for them. And I, it just tells you how good Mahomes has been. This is what his first road playoff game ever. It just tells you the standard that the Chiefs have been at. And could it be the case that they may get one or two of the wide receivers to finally click? Can Kelsey stop dropping balls as well? Um, like that game, I mean, it's it's Bills. Like that's one thing, like when I was looking at it, like the one benefit of the Steelers getting knocked out, we get to watch the Bills Chiefs again. And like it's turning into... Yes, probably is the rivalry of the last couple of years. So, and the Chiefs will go into it as well. Like, I mean, weather conditions, that's not going to affect them. If, if anything, they're going to be walking around with T-shirts on if it's like minus 15. Um, like, when you're looking at the Chiefs, you're you're kind of worried. Like, if I'm the rest of the league, are they kind of doing what the Patriots are they, we're always very good at? It. They're in the playoffs and, oh, God, these guys are just now turning it on. And if they do, yeah, the Chiefs-Bills game, I mean, that's going to be great. But they'll be happy with how it went. And, yeah, I think the Dolphins, it's it's a real failure for them given like at the start of the season, how many people had them backed and just the way their season, they just fell off a cliff. At the, like not as badly as the Eagles, but they really did fall off a cliff in terms of that game against the Bills. That game, if it had gone differently, where would they be now? But they really, yeah, I think they really did disappoint. And a lot of people are kind of saying they need to, <clears throat> they need to kind of toughen up front as well and kind of get that bit more grit and that bit more edge as well, because they're not going to have every game in Miami and they're going to have to get used to playing up the North in be it the north be it against the say pittsburgh or kansas city or any of those areas as well they yeah they need to do a bit of retooling over the the on the off season too absolutely simon yeah i, I don't know i'm just not buying the chiefs this year i'm just not buying them i, I actually give miami a chance and look miami were beat up in the particularly the defensive side of the ball but there's something about the chiefs i'm just not buying um even the last day they kicked a lot of field goals they were their red zone efficiency wasn't great. Um, there's just something about them that I'm not happy with this year. Um, I I don't like it. Look, fair enough. Defensively, they're playing well, but I I just I'm not buying them. Um, like I, as I said, the Buffalo had their injuries next week. You just don't know. But just there's just something with the Chiefs. I'm, I'm not sure of. Um, the, I looked it up today. They were 19th um, ranked in the league this year in red zone efficiency. That's not great. No, that's on touchdowns. That's not, you know, that's not great return for for from Holmes and Co. Um, Miami. I don't know what they're going to do, Miami. Um, I read today that there, there's talk that the ownership are happy enough to to extend Tua, and you're probably looking at a forty million dollar a year contract for Tua, which is a man who quite too he too frequently, you know, he has average performances, um, and he has the weapons around him. Um, so like it's going to be an awful lot of money. There, there, um, there's different question marks about McDaniel's play calling them. Like to me, it seemed like they went lateral an awful lot, uh, particularly out of the backfield. Um, when they went down the field, it 
you know, like they got that, that touchdown that Hill got came on the back of a, a pass to Hill where he picked up maybe 17, 18 yards, opened up, passed down the field again. Um, I think I think Miami probably have a lot of questions to, to answer. Um, but as I said, I'm not entirely sure do I um, do I buy the Chiefs. The refs in that game were cat as well, I thought. Um, <laughs> geez, there was some there were some flags that were missed, which were ridiculous. There was one uh, pass interference call that was blatant, and it was a touchdown if it was if 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 it wasn't a, a pass interference. Um, I thought they were very very poor, and like I know in the playoffs they say they lead defensive play and all that, but there's going to be blatantly missed calls like that. I don't know what you're like. I remember a few years ago. Do you remember pass interference was reviewable there at one stage, and then they scrapped it very quickly. It only lasted about a season that it was reviewable. Um, I, I, I'm kind of half thinking that like it might be a bad thing to bring back in again. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, we'll see how the Chiefs get on next week. But look, I wouldn't be betting them. I wouldn't be backing them to win it out. I'll just put you that way. Yeah, indeed. I mean, look, I, I think from a Kansas City. Kansas City Chiefs perspective I mean six out of 15 in third town efficiency that's going to have to steadily improve heading to Buffalo but I thought run game wise 147 yards on the ground that really set the platform uh for Kansas City Chiefs but I suppose next week's really when uh, the playoffs really kick into gear I suppose uh guys we might kind of leave the wildcard weekend and maybe focus in on the divisional round game so Saturday we have two fixtures on tap we have the Houston Texans, like we haven't really talked about CJ Stroud yet, but uh, they travel to Baltimore uh, Ravens. And then the Saturday night game sees the Green Bay Packers travel to San Francisco 49ers. And then Sunday uh, with Detroit Lions, Tampa Bay, and then the Buffalo Bills against Kansas City Chiefs. I suppose, guys, we haven't really touched upon the Houston Texans that much. It was an outstanding performance off CJ Stroud, the offensive line, really. But again, heading into Baltimore Ravens, do you give uh, Simon... Houston, a chance here? I sure suppose you had to give them a chance. Um, look, as I said, um, Baltimore haven't played for a few weeks. Um, do you know, they, they didn't play last week. The week before, pretty much all the starters were rested. Um, so Baltimore are going into this game maybe a little bit cold. Um, we spoke about Lamar last week. Do you know, he has his ups and downs. It's hard to say. Now, the only thing I will say... I think this, the real strength of the Baltimore team is in coverage. Um, I think, like we spoke about Denard Wilson last night coming over from Philadelphia and his defensive backs coach there. And I think they're desperately strong there. And if you think about the Houston Texans, Houston Texans are all about these big, massive chunk players where they go 60 yards down the field. It's shows outstanding with, at them. But if you're going to be playing against a team that are, have a very, very um, good setup, in uh, with the defensive backs, I wonder is Stroud going to be under pressure? Now, I after they won last week, during the week, it just came into my head. I look back, the Jets beat them in the regular season, beat the Houston Texans, and beat them well. The Houston Texans only got a touchdown, they beat them as 33 6 or 36 or something like that. And I just I couldn't understand like how the Jets can be beating a team like this but keeping them such a low score. And like the Jets, like the PFF ranked the Jets as the number one defense last year, have an unbelievable. Uh, defensive back unit and I just wonder will show he's a fantastic player will he be found out this week do you know uh, if you're looking at different alignments in front of you I, I just wonder will he be found out um, so yeah now Danny mentioned Larry Tunson last week and you're dead right like I don't know did he cost him two first round picks but Jesus he's fairly cleared up that side of the line mm. you know um, 
But yeah, I'd be just worried thrown into that coverage will Stroud will he be under pressure this week? Yeah, because Danny Texans really didn't provide anything as a run game against the Cleveland Browns, so they're definitely going to have to complement CJ Stroud in the run game, surely. Yeah, it's almost like they didn't need to. Like I say, Tunsil was like it was just that's what I found really just the standout thing the way they was able to shut down the way that he did shut down Garrett. But they do need to balance up the offense a bit. But like even from the Texans' perspective, like they're they're in bonus territory now. Like they have they're go, they'll be going into this game going well. We've no pressure, lads, because never like they won the division. They've got like even with the playoffs. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he gets coach of the year as well, just based off of that. I mean. Like the Ravens, like nine times out of ten, the Ravens win win this game. I mean, even like if they went through some stats, no team has had a better record against teams with over five hundred. I think in the history of the NFL than the Ravens this season. They really they're like it's it's it seems almost inevitable that they are going to get to the Super Bowl at the very least. The only thing you could see maybe that might trip them up is what's happened to Lamar in previous in the previous playoff run, well, potential playoff runs where he's kind of tripped himself up, but. I mean, it's it's all set up. They have all, they have every they have the they have it set up in terms of every game will be at home. Yeah, I think it's like the te- the, the Texans they'll need to play a near on perfect, and the Ravens will need to have a collapse near the Cowboys from that perspective. But like I think even the game from last weekend, it's really introduced it's introduced Stroud and that Texans team from the perspective of yeah, like they can do they can now compete with the big boys, and it's nuts. Him and Stroud, him and um, Love. If you look at, did you see the chart that was doing the rounds? Their their stats from both games, they were absolutely nearly identical in every crucial met- metric, even QBR rating. Like that just tells you, like these two, when we said young players coming through, they both came through in spades. But yeah, on the road against that Ravens team, again, they're in bonus territory. So if they like, if they keep it close, I think they'll be doing well. But yeah, I mean, I can't see anybody stopping the Ravens full stop. <laughs> Mark, yeah. I think you're on the, I think you're on the ball there, Mark. What you're saying about complementing the the pass game or the run game, and I actually, you know, I spoke about the Baltimore coverage. I actually think a weakness is possibly their run defense. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if Houston. I don't like they've Devin Singletary there. He's like he covers kind of a backup. Like he, it wouldn't have been first. You know, they wouldn't have first seen that at the start of the season that he'd be their their lead back. Um, I I don't I I don't think they'll have the run game for them. I I just Unless, as Danny's saying there, unless it's a collapse like Dallas last week, I, I think I think Baltimore would probably win that game. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose the Saturday night game over in the US is uh, Green Bay after fresh from their win in Dallas to travel to destroy the plans of San Francisco 49ers. I mean, we were talking about San Francisco 49ers last week being maybe kind of warm favourites for the NFC Championship. I mean, they're in the spotlight this week. Uh, do we see a good performance off the 49ers this week, uh, Dan? Yeah, no, my thoughts haven't changed there. The Niners, outside of the Ravens, are the most balanced across offense and defense. Um, and interestingly, when it came to the Packers, even when they were at their absolute peak, the one team they nearly always seemed to trip up against was, although somebody said it'd be hilarious if Love beats the team that always bet Favre in the Cowboys, and then he beats the team that always bet Rodgers in the 49ers. But yeah, I think the Niners, they're, they're, they're locked and loaded. It's now or never for them, especially given the defensive... The defensive um, the defensive trades that they made as well during the year but like again the Packers similar to the Texans like they're in bonus territory I mean uh, like we said I'd say all of us would have had the same reaction watching that game against the Cowboys from the point of view of where in the name of God did this come from and the one thing with the Packers they have more a bit of a balance in terms of like when you mentioned Mark about the run pass games 
they seem to have much more of a balance than the Texans would. But also at the same time, I don't think that the Packers wide receivers are going to basically get the run of the backfield like they did against that Matt Patricia should uh, yeah, and he just link of the Eagles. Matt Patricia shouldn't even get a job in high school after the, the job he did there. Like there was and we mentioned about Quinn as well before. Yeah, the Seahawks are probably going, we'll call you, Um, because a lot of defensive reputations really fell by the wayside at the weekend for the Browns, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. Um, But I think Niners should, like, it might be, yeah, they don't tend to to trip up in these games. It's normally the conference game where half the team gets injured in the first half. So, yeah, I'd say they should get through. Yeah, Simon, 49ers. Yeah, do you know, Danny, you were mentioning um, the men in Houston there has been possible coach of the year. I think Metal Floor is absolutely an absolutely amazing job in Green Bay. Do you know, like he's mm. he's play, he's he has a stable of wide receivers. I, I seen Mark Ticks during the, the match the other night. I, I think Alan Lazard left uh Green Bay to get paid twelve or thirteen million dollars a year with the Jets. And the full wide receivers room with the Packers, I think only counts about seven and a half million against their salary cap. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely amazing like they're all young fellas. They're all, you know, they're all, they're all, they're not exactly, you know, low draft picks. They're not, you know, first round, second round receivers and that. Um, I think that Michael Forrest have done an amazing job. Leaving Jordan Love sit for a couple of years, and it, it appears that he's, he's like a, he's like a veteran quarterback at this stage. Um, no, they, they were, they were fantastic the other night. Forty Niners are obviously, um, Forty Niners obviously a fantastic team. Obviously, Strip of the 49ers is the run game. And I think that'll be the main matchup in this game. The run game with the 49ers versus the run game with the Packers. Do you know um, which one, I suppose, sizes up the best? Um, I thought Aaron, I mentioned Aaron Jones last week, and I thought he looked very fresh in their last um, regular season game. And I thought he was outstanding the last day uh, mm-hmm. against Dallas. Um, I, I, look, uh, you're, you're right what you're saying, Danny. I think everything points towards the 49ers at home, okay, with their little bit of a break. But you just never know. You just never know. And I'd be hopeful that it'd be, you know, a high-scoring game and at least the Packers are in it for two, three quarters anyway. And see, you know, hopefully it'll be an entertaining game that we don't have another blowout. Um, with the, or with the Niners, I'd be expecting big games there. Like, obviously, McCaffrey and, and Samuel are kind of the headline names. But I think Brendan Ayuk had a great year this year. Um, I, I think anything you read in the Niners, the, the general, I suppose, the general... Um, Notion out there is that Ayuk is probably the best rope runner on the team, he, and he he's he's polished. Um, I I, th- I think I think the Niners are going to win that game. Um, but like, look, hopefully, as I said, hopefully we'll get we'll get a game that's not a blow up like a few of the games last weekend. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, one element here may be the weather in San Francisco. There is apparently stormy weather arriving Ooh. in the Bay Area um, on Saturday. They're not quite sure right now as we kind of go to air whether that hits or not. So like run game equal fumble in a stormy wet day. So it's uh that'll be kind of a, an element here, but yeah, look, I think green Bay have nothing to really lose here guys. Do they? I mean, 49 is going to be very hot favorites, even from the Vegas bookies here. Um, so that'll be an interesting one. And again, Daniel Whelan, uh, the Inescary native mm. had a good solid performance in his debut playoff uh, fixture last weekend, three punts for 313 yards. So, I mean, you know, it's a nice story. Hopefully that could keep going. But, yeah, I'll be with you guys. I mean, unless the 49ers really do kind of slump, um, I, I think that looks like a home win there as well. I suppose Sunday then, uh, we kind of touched on it. Tampa Bay travelled to Detroit. 
Uh, are we giving Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield, any chance here, Danny? Um, I, su- I suppose the one thing there could be in their favor is how much did that win take out of the lines from a physical, but also from a like post game from an emotional standpoint. Will the lines be able to kind of get themselves back up after? Because you could see it really was just the nature of the game too. It really was draining from that perspective. Could the whole atmosphere kind of count against them in terms of will could the pressure hit? Like that's where I could see this game maybe affecting the lines from. But again, like it's funny how many teams are already in bonus territory. Like the like we said, Packers are in bonus Texans. I mean the Bucks as well came out of what will go down as one of the worst divisions probably ever. But again, like comfortably beating the Eagles and the fact that they were able to do so at a canter, like it's there is a chance. Like it's it definitely it's not going to be as one sided as I think. And I think like the, the lines there was you could see post game the emotional toll of winning that could come back to back to to bite them as well. But the home factor, like I think it may it could be it could be close. But I would just lean to the lines as well, because I think as well that emotion could really help them. They could ride the crest of that wave as well. And it's like I said, most neutrals watching these playoffs now, there's a very good chance that a lot of them are going to be supporting the lines just based off off of like Tampa Bay in that atmosphere. I mean, granted, who's was it? The coach got I interviewed. How are you going to how are you going to cope with the elements this weekend in against Detroit? He's like, it's under a dome. Um, so so, yeah i think like under the dome may help like i could see this being a close game but i'm even kind of hoping in terms of a good conference game that the lions do get through because i think if tampa bay make it it'll be an absolute massacre yeah i'd agree simon um it's the one game this weekend that strikes me that it could be an absolute shootout i think four teams have weaknesses in in their coverage so and like both both quarterbacks have arms and control I'd say this thing it could turn into a fierce high-scoring shootout, not to tell you the truth. Um, I'd be hopeful that Detroit would, would win. I think, as you were saying, then the all-neutrals would be going for Detroit. Um, look, Tampa Bay might... Like, they obviously, they have a fantastic wide receivers room. Um, they have a very strong um, tight end. Um, so, like, Mayfield has his, has his uh, weapons. Um, like, if it hits, or an NFC so team it reaches the... Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, like I actually all this talk about uh, about uh, Bill Belichick going to Atlanta. To be honest, I think half half the reason is he's probably looking at that division saying, "Jesus, that's another couple of easy wins every year." Mm. I think he only needs about twenty something wins to be the the most winning in this course, as they say in the states. Um, and I'd say he's probably saying, "Jesus, I might be able to do this three year job and a two year job if I go to the NFC South." Uh, but uh, yeah, I look. I'm looking forward. I, I, you know, it's a nice time for us. Eight o'clock on Sunday evening, Irish time. Um, I'm looking forward to that game. Um, and as I said, I, I in a dome, nothing really to be dealing with. I think this team could turn into just uh, both its quarterbacks thrown into 350 plus yard games, and it's going mint absolutely mint to score. Send that now. It'll probably be nine seven or something like that. <laughs> Safety was decided. Exactly. Oh God! Imagine. Um, but um, I, I'm kind of looking at these fixtures, and I think the Sunday fixtures do literally stand down. I think that Lions Buccaneers game certainly is one that could go down right down to the last play, as you say here, uh, Simon. I don't know. I, just as a funny thing about Tampa Bay, just the way they've kind of kept going, the momentum they built. I was very impressed by them against Philadelphia, but again, that day turnaround as well is that going to be a factor? I think if there's going to be a road trip win here, it may be here in Detroit, unfortunately, for all the purists. I think uh, maybe Tampa Bay for me anyway. And I suppose, guys, 
get your head in the block here, Bills or the Chiefs on Sunday. Um, Simon? I, I, I hope the Bills win. So I'm going to go for the Bills. I'm not entirely sure they will win. Um, but I'm just hopeful in Buffalo. Um, look, obviously they've had their injuries, but as I said, they're, they're riding the wave. They're, they're six games unbeaten, seven out of the last days. Um, I, I just feel that this could be the year the Bills could upset the whole show. Okay. Um, I think they're very good. At, I think they're very solid on defense. Um, and if they can just get a little bit healthier on offense, I think it's there to be won. Um, as I said, I'm not buying the Chiefs this year. Even if the Chiefs happen to win on Sunday, I'm not buying them in the conference final. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going for Buffalo, and I'm, I'm bullish. I think, I think they could win. Yeah, Danny, but this is Buffalo. This is the playoffs. Yeah, I, I'm even thinking of it, say, maybe I, like, I, yeah, I'd be kind of, it's, I'd be along those same lines as I'm like, I think that the Bills will get through, and I'm even looking at it from the point of view of it's too early for the Bills yet to heartbreak their fan base. Um, like, yeah, because they, again, they have every, they have timed their run perfectly. And like I said, they, with against the Steelers, they were steamrolling them in that first half. They seem to have a lot going for them. And again, like if this turns into a shootout between Allen and Mahomes, like I think Allen is one of the, he's out, he's the probably one of the very few who, he's one of the very few who can match Mahomes when it comes to that arm. Although what I think is funny in terms of, um, I saw somebody reacting to when they saw it's the Bills and the Chiefs and the referees going, oh no, wait, we, we, we favor both these teams. Who are we supposed to go for now? Um, like yeah, I think with the home the home factor as well, Bills Mafia being behind us. Yeah, I think the Bills will get through to the they they will progress to the conference champion because again they've timed it perfectly and it's, it's like if you're looking at it from a neutral standpoint, probably outside of the lines, the Bills are probably the other side that most people would like to see progressing. And yeah, I think Bills will get through. And granted, we we're kind of all going with kind of pretty much the straightforward. Oh, it'll be Ravens against Bills and Niners against Lions potentially in the in the conference championships as well. So, but yeah, it's got it. Hopefully, will be as good as the previous playoff games these two have had against each other. I mean, if we get anything like the previous time, oh, that'll be worth watching in and of itself. Yeah, the, the the Josh Allen touched on the last day. I, I think if you were to pick one kind of um, uh, example of something to define the Buffalo Bills this year, I think it was gets his ball, takes off a run, throws a bit of a sidestep like that. He's six foot five or six foot six. Yep. <laughs> Sits your man down and walk, runs it in. Uh, I look. I just. I. I'd love to see Buffalo. Um, I'd love to see Buffalo win. As I said last week, I was over at the game in London. Uh, where they played Jacksonville, and my one takeaway from that weekend was the, I suppose the sheer, I suppose enthusiasm that they the Bills Mafia have. You know, they're, uh, geez, they're a fantastic bunch, and they they enjoy their football up there. So I I'd be very I'd be very hopeful that they could they could win that, and you never know what could happen in the division final. Oh God, absolutely no. Uh, I think it's all set, guys. To be a very exciting. Divisional round uh, this weekend. I suppose before we go, guys, you know, we spoke last week, Black Monday, NFL firings. We had touched on a few, particularly in Atlanta Falcons, Washington Commanders, obviously. New England Patriots, we had speculated about Bill Belichick, and so it proved Gerald Mayo basically gets installed immediately. And I hear minimal backroom staff uh, changes. That's another day's discussion. But I suppose, guys, looking around the league here, Pete Carroll, gone from Seattle Seahawks, Mike Frable, imagine two years ago, Tennessee Titans. I suppose which one of these head coaches here that have been defunct is probably going to get a job in the NFL next season. I suppose, Danny? 
uh, teams will be chasing Vrabel uh, outside of Belichick because, again, everybody wants him. Um, Vrabel, I think, will get a job pretty straightforward. I mean, it's, you look at the Titans, it just sounds like there was a, a difference of opinion between him and the owner, and there's only ever going to be one winner, winner when it comes to that side of it. I mean, he... Okay, yeah, this year they did kind of plateau, and you look over them, you look at the Titans for the next couple of years with Henry gone, with Tannehill going, with Vrabel gone, where are they going to be going? Yeah, I think Vrabel, he's definitely going to be a coach who's going to be in demand. Um, and yeah, even with Belichick, like it's tough, like even, I don't know how many of you were looking at it, were on Twitter during the Cowboys game, and by halftime people were going, He's, go- he's going to get Belichick in, isn't he? He's going, oh my God, they're actually going to go. Could you imagine like the Cowboys would build Belichick as their coach? It would just be absolutely insane. Um, but yeah, I think for Belichick, I mean, even when he, we saw he was interviewed for the role with the, with the Falcons, that must have been a fun interview. Give us an example of where you've had to go through a tough, <laughs> tough game. You just would have had to point at them and that's it. So I don't I know. know about going, yeah, I don't know in terms of, you mentioned Simon in terms of he he wants to like he'll want to go to a team who will be in contention. I don't know if the Falcons are at that level. Like I'd say even like the Chargers will be an interesting one with Har like Harbaugh winning in Michigan. He looks like he's in he's in pole position for that job as well. But like even with the Chargers, does even Harbaugh or Belichick do they have the powers to really turn over what's an absolute curse of a franchise? Yeah, I'd agree, I, Simon. Do not. Uh, just on Harbaugh, I saw a few things online today that he's happy enough to stay in Michigan. Oh, all on it, shooting breeze. No, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's true. Well, Trying granted, it's, yeah, it's since since Saban has announced it, nearly the entire Alabama team has put themselves in the transfer <laughs> portal. So, <laughs> absolutely brutal. Like the, the the whole Saban thing in Alabama, like so obviously seven, well, six national championships with uh, with Alabama. But like as you're saying, just just touching on it, I think it's the whole NIL crack. That, like has taken away the taken away the fund for Saban. You know, like Alabama was the powerhouse, and they could recruit whoever they wanted to recruit. Yeah. It made it so much more fun, though. <laughs> yeah, it did. I remember at one stage someone said to Saban, "Would he ever think about going back into the NFL?" And he said, "Sure, I'd go back into the NFL, where you only have one first round draft pick a year, whereas in college he had he could have had eleven or twelve effectively first round draft picks." But then I crack has changed the face of college football totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in a very, very short space of time. Um, and as you're saying, Danny, they're all out the door in, in Alabama now since, since he left. Mark, going back to your question, I think um, I think Braben is, is going to get a job soon. Um, I think if um, Philly part ways with, with Strani, I think he goes in there. Um, like, Danny, I think you're on the ball. I think, had, uh, yeah, I think he had some bit of a falling out in, um, in Tennessee. And like, he, Braben was very, you know, the line the time that they, they traded AJ Brown uh, and said, Look, he was happy with the decision and he was involved. But, like, I am not entirely sure that was, you know, that was true. Sure, like, you can see even statistically since AJ Brown left, the, they've gone down, down. And went, I know they went out and got Hopkins, but like, Hopkins is probably coming towards the end of his career now, whereas Brown was their number one elite receiver. Um, I think Belichick, I think Belichick, like, Everything's pointing towards the Falcons and that's, you know, look, he did interview and all this kind of crack. You'd wonder is only all those shooting the breeze and with the hope that someone else gets encouraged to come into the game. But you have the Chargers and you have the Chargers who have a quarterback set up there already. You have the Dallas Cowboys who look like they're ready to win. I just had, we, we didn't really speak much about Dallas last week. Last week I mentioned that Gilmore had got injured in that last game 
against the Eagles. And they already lost digs earlier in the season. It turns out Gilmore played the game last week and he has to go for some kind of it's a shoulder injury or something like that. Tore his labrum or something in the shoulder. So, like, uh, do you know, I'd say, like, Dallas, Dallas were hurt last week going into that game. Um, obviously, they wouldn't have won, like, but, you know, like, it was probably unlucky the way things went. Um, so, look, Belichick will go somewhere, but I'm not entirely sure it will be Atlanta. Um, you could see him in Dallas. You could see him in LA where he's a ready-made quarterback. He has his offense ready to go. He just needs to instill uh, a Belichick D and see how it goes. Yeah, no, because uh, my day job, I speak to an awful lot of guys from Texas and uh, word on the street there is that they're expecting White Smoke to hit up Jerry Jones's mansion pretty soon regarding Mike McCarthy, I think, to be fair. So um, so I think that's one to probably watch here. I suppose, guys, we'll leave it there. I mean, it's going to be it's an exciting divisional round uh, weekend. And I suppose uh, next week we'll run the rule over those games and also look at the conference championships. Uh, you know, it turns into four. And we're going to get tantalizing close to Super Bowl uh, finalists. So until then, guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy the football and we'll talk next week. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.